Welcome to Power Up Your Performance, where we talk about how you can learn to think, feel, perform, and live like a champion. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. This is Kim Peek of Power of Run. I am your hostess for Power Up Your Performance. And today I am going to talk to you about a whole mishmash of things that have been on my mind related to motivation and setting up your environment for success. But first I want to tell you that if you hear a bunch of jingle jangles of little dog tags or a bunch of barking, that's because it is fall break right now while I am recording this and my people are home and they brought dogs. And right now I have four dogs running around my house. It has been kind of fun. And also funny because if you know me, you know that I waited until my oldest daughter was about ready to take off for college before I finally broke down and let my kids have dogs. And then my sweet little beagle was just not very well behaved and somebody suggested that she would be better if we socialized her by taking her to doggy daycare. And instead, we ended up buying another dog. And then shortly after that, my daughter, who was in college, the following school year, wanted a dog to take back to school with her. So we have three. And now she and her friend just got one at the beginning of the school year from a rescue. And so this dog is also visiting us. And they have been having a ball running together as a big pack at our house this weekend. So that's my story about all the dog noises that you're probably going to hear while I'm talking today. I know you know that I am always searching for ways to help everybody, all of us, create behavior change that sticks. And anytime we try to change our behavior, it can be a tricky situation because our bodies, our minds are used to habit. They're used to the way we always do things. And There's so many things that we do out of habit, even when those habits are not the best for us, like maybe that habit of always grabbing a Diet Coke on your way to the car for a road trip or grabbing a handful of M&Ms out of the candy jar every time you walk past your coworker's desk or whatever it is. Some things we just start doing because we don't even think about it anymore. So I'm always researching these things. To try to figure out, you know, what is secret to get people to make behavior change that actually sticks? And my research always comes back to the words that we use to frame our world and the way we experience it. Think about this. The words we tell ourselves are so powerful that they become part of our identity. Let's say that we call ourselves fat or lazy or we label ourselves a failure, or maybe we think of ourselves as being unreliable, or if we're a runner, maybe we think of ourselves as being slow. And those things we say to ourselves over and over again so often that even if it's really not true, we believe it. And then when we put ourselves on a plan, let's say it's a 5K plan or a training plan to improve our speed, that little voice in our head that remembers those words, those labels that we've given ourselves, it begins to sabotage our efforts just because we don't think of ourselves as fast 
or we think of ourselves as lazy, or maybe somebody's told us that so many times that we don't think we're, re- we're even deserving of whatever goal it has that we're working toward. We have to begin to believe that we are worthy, that we deserve whatever it is that we are going for. So maybe in your brain you're thinking, I'm starting a new eating plan on Monday and I'm going to limit the processed foods that I eat and I'm going to avoid sugar. Maybe that's what you're saying your goal is for the week. But your brain that's familiar with all your old habits tells you, you will cheat and you will do it so many times on the first day that you're going to quit by midweek. And it's depressing, right? You've probably started and stopped things like diet plans or exercise plans or a plan to improve your relationship with your spouse or your child so many times that you can almost predict at what point you're going to quit. And it is depressing. Some behaviors that we have have been reinforced for so long that our mind knows that we have no plans to keep that commitment, that commitment that we've made to ourselves, even when we swear up and down that this time will be different. So how do we change this pattern and move forward so that we can create the life of our dreams? I'm always trying to figure this out. And if you have any ideas, I would love your input on this episode and on this topic. Intention seems to be the trendy word right now, and it might just hold the secret to the type of behavior change that we're looking for. Intention means living with purpose in the moment. When we are intentional in our behavior, our actions have purpose. So sticking with a health and nutrition example, let's say you're serious about changing your eating habits. You might tell yourself that you will be intentional about your eating habits for the next week. And then every time you have an opportunity to eat or drink something, you pause and you think about how that particular decision would impact your goal to develop better, stronger eating habits. Is the decision to eat that entire plate of chocolate chip cookies in alignment with your plan to avoid sugar and the processed foods? How does this choice in the moment, how does this choice benefit you? What are the thoughts behind? the choice you're about to make. Think about trying to go through that thought process every time you put some type of food or drink in your mouth. Would that get you? Would that pausing get you to make better decisions? Or do you pause and you think and you're like, ah, who cares? I'm going to eat it anyway. That might mean that you have different issues that you need to explore. But just pausing to reflect And deciding, is this in alignment with my goals? And noting the feelings behind why you're eating what you're eating. That's a great start. Um, Let's say your goal is to complete one strength workout and one cardio workout this week. That's it. Just one. Maybe you tell yourself that you'll be intentional with your workouts. And so let's remember again, intentions are purposeful thoughts and actions in the moment. And your goal is a plan for the future. So we're trying to balance that intention of being mindful in the moment with the bigger goal for our future. 
Now, let's say it's the moment of truth. Your alarm goes off and you know you have just 55 minutes until your kids wake up and their morning routine begins and it becomes the priority because you have to get them to school, yourself to work on time. And maybe you have to pack lunches and feed the dog and just all the things that you have that are responsibilities for the morning. Do you hit the snooze one time, two times? Do you reset your alarm and go back to sleep? Or do you get up, put on the shorts and tank top that you placed by your bed the night before and go down to your basement where you have a printed workout routine setting out because you planned ahead the night before And you know exactly what you're going to do and get to work. That definitely would be one way to set an intention the night before and then to follow through on that intention in the moment, in the morning, to make yourself think in the moment about your big goal and following through. So what are you saying to yourself in that moment when you're making the decision? How are you feeling about your workout? If you chose to go back to bed, why? What words and phrases did you use to justify whatever choice you make? So tomorrow or later this week, I've given you two situations here, one with food and one with exercise. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming that one of those two things is important to you. So If you're trying to go on to a bigger, bolder goal than what you've achieved in the past related to one of these two things, I want you the next time this comes up to think about why did you choose what you did? What did you say to yourself, positive or negative, to help convince yourself to take the action that you did? And I want you to write that down. Maybe start keeping a journal. Because I want you to be aware of what you told yourself so that you can come up with a plan to address it if it's a problem, or so that you can use those same words and same thought process again if it was something that had a positive outcome, so that you'll stick with your plan the next time this comes up. With these intentions, what we're trying to do is to rewire the brain so that we have evidence that we are the type of person who follows through on their commitments to ourselves. If we can be mindful of our behaviors in the moment, then we can start to make purposeful decisions that align with what we want in our lives. Remember this. When you set a goal or make a plan to change behavior, your brain searches for proof that it's possible for you to achieve it. If you have a history of quitting or giving up, you need to retrain your brain. Whether it is looking for evidence that other people in a similar situation to you have been successful, that counts. If you know people who have what you want and their situation is similar enough to yours, use that as your example if you don't have any of your own behavior that can serve as proof that you can be successful. That's a great starting point. Or maybe you're taking teeny tiny baby steps every single day to prove to yourself that you can be successful. What if instead of getting out of bed 55 minutes early, tomorrow you set your alarm for one minute earlier and you actually get out of bed? The next day, would it be easier to set your alarm for two minutes earlier? 
And then if you get out of bed that day, you're beginning to build this pattern where your brain says, I can do this. So what would happen if you got out of bed one minute earlier tomorrow? What would you do with that one minute? Maybe you could take some time to stretch, maybe get in a downward facing dog or a child's pose position and just stretch out your body after being in bed all night. Maybe you sit in a chair and you do some deep breathing. Maybe you have a book that has positive quotations, or maybe you grab your Bible and you read for one minute, just one minute. Start thinking about in terms of taking these little baby steps that you can use to show your brain, to show your subconscious that you can be successful. Acting with intention is another way to create this proof. Every time you follow through with actions that are consistent with your goals, your brain is being rewired with a message that says, I am that person. I do follow through. My behavior is consistent with my goals. Can you see how this would be so huge in terms of helping you make the changes that you want in your life? So I have an example from a couple months ago. I was trying to break a Coke Zero habit. I had gone years without drinking any kind of pop, soda, whatever you call your colas. And then I went through this phase where I was tired all the time and I had headaches. And it just kind of one of those things I slipped back into where I started drinking Coke Zero all the freaking time. And I love Coke Zero. I think it tastes delicious, but it is not consistent with what I believe to be true about how to best manage my health. This stuff is horrible for you. And I'm somebody who buys organic everything. And here I am putting this crap down my throat multiple times a day. So I decided it was time to break this habit again. And so one of the things I did to show myself that I didn't need that in my life was I made this fizzy water with frozen fruit thrown in. And it was a drink that I decided I would make myself every time I craved a Coke Zero. So I started with sparkling water because it still had the fizz. And then I threw in some of the fruit so that it had some flavor. And every time I did that, instead of thinking, oh man, I wish I could have that Coke Zero, I was telling myself, I am someone who drinks tea and water with fruit in it. Every time I wanted the Coke Zero, that's why I told myself, I am somebody who makes this other choice instead. And it worked. Well, most of the time. I only had, you know, one Coke Zero that week. But this is an important point too. I didn't let that setback take me all the way back to zero. I let that setback. I was like, okay, this is what I did. The next time I need to improve. And I thought about what other things I could do to change that behavior. I didn't let that slip up become the reason that I completely bailed on my plan because that doesn't do, that doesn't do me any good. So in the moment, I paused long enough to ask myself what I really wanted and my actions were purposeful. Now, I want to also talk a little bit about ways to transform your thoughts. 
And for my example, I'm going to use again exercise as the behavior we want to change because whether you're trying to change exercise or nutrition or relationships or something about your work or career, the same techniques apply. So let's start with the question. When you think about exercise, how do you feel? Is there a specific emotional or physical reaction that comes to mind? If you hate to exercise, this is the first step. You have to figure out, you know, what are your feelings around this? This is where I want you to start. If, if you hate to get up in the morning, why do you hate to get up in the morning? If you hate to exercise when you get home from work, what's going on there? What are your feelings about that? Do you feel so stressed? Are you tired? Are there just other things that you feel like you should be doing instead? Start to explore those feelings. I've been fascinated by this idea that some people are lifelong exercisers who seem to crave exercise and others want to get as far away from it as they possibly, possibly can. And then there's a lot of people who are just somewhere in the middle where they do great as long as it's part of their habit and part of their routine. And then they get a vacation or they go on vacation or they get an illness comes along or some life event takes them out of that routine. And then they struggle getting back into that rhythm. Everything just falls apart. And we all know that willpower and grit, those things are just not enough. That's not the answer. You, you just can't, well, if only I had more willpower, I'd be more successful. Willpower, there's a great book actually called Willpower Doesn't Work. I love that book. And it explains why willpower is not the answer. By the end of the day, we are so mentally and physically exhausted that our willpower is at its lowest. And one of the things I cannot right now think of who wrote that book, but one of the things he talks about is that the person who is the best at achieving their goals, who's the best at sticking with their plan, is not the person who has the best willpower. It's the person who has set up their environment the best for success. So they haven't, they don't have the most willpower. They've eliminated all of the excuses or all of the ex reasons why they might have a setback. They've done the best job of setting themselves up for success. So right now, I want you to take out something to write with. And I want you to think about a change that you want to make. Take a few minutes to write down your reasons for wanting to make this change. If you want to run a half marathon or a 5K, what's the reason you want to do that? That 30-second high you get as you cross the finish line, that is not going to be enough to get you out of bed on that super cold day or to get you out on those 100-degree days. That short-term high is not enough. So what is your bigger reason? What's the purpose? Why is this activity important to you? Do you think it's fun? Is it rewarding in some way? Is it a way to connect with others who like the same thing? How do you feel during? What makes you look forward to this activity? Think about all of these things. There's some experiments that show that how we frame physical activity affects how we feel about it, and it affects the choices that we make. Totally obvious, right? These studies show that when our reason for doing something is fun, it has a stronger effect on our motivation, which really, when you think about it, makes a lot of sense too, right? Because 
why would you be motivated to do something you think is boring? So it makes sense then that in the case of exercise, we either need to find an exercise we like or we need to find a way to make that exercise fun. Maybe that's adding some social aspect or making it a big adventure. If you're riding your bike, riding to a destination. Our bodies are wired for movement and we are built to move often throughout our day. So it's really, really important that you enjoy something, that you find something that you enjoy and that you look forward to doing multiple times a week. And it's even better if you have a whole bunch of those things that you like to do. Our caveman ancestors had lives that varied from day to day. Some days they would need to run and chase their food. Other days, maybe they, they rested up so that they could handle those long runs that they went on chasing that food. But even if they weren't on a hunting expedition that day, they moved in other ways, maybe crawling or squatting as they gathered other types of nuts and seeds and berries. We need movement for the long-term benefit of our brains also, not just our bodies. So rather than thinking short-term like we often do when we're talking about how we're going to lose weight or how we're going to even get to that, how we're going to look for our five-year or our college reunion or our high school reunion or how we're going to feel after that 5K, we need to come up with some bigger reasons so that we have activities that we want to do for a lifetime. So I want you to also this week, when you work out, even if you only manage to work out for that one extra minute every day that you get out of bed, you're going to do that, right? Because that's important. This is your week to start making those changes. I want you to begin looking for signs of how exercise makes you feel during and after. Does it give you more energy? Does it boost your mood? Does it make you more creative or make you feel empowered or accomplished because you've done something that's challenging? Work to become more aware of how it makes you feel because with this knowledge, you are going to be able to use that information. You're going to be able to use that information to help motivate yourself in the future. And I really do recommend getting a journal and just jotting down those thoughts in your journal every night before you go to bed or first thing in the morning, just so that you can start to see the, the patterns and see what does motivate you and how you're feeling about things. Maybe you'll start to make some connections that will help you get unstuck and finally make that big leap. Instead of filling your day with things that you think are responsibilities, things on your I should do list, I want you to try to find time to take care of yourself. Prioritize things like getting a good night's sleep and nourishing your body with food. Those are really important and they're important to our health. And that means that it helps our brains work better. It helps us be better parents and better spouses and better employees. So sleep is not also not a luxury. Sleep is something you need Nutritious food is something you need. Exercise is something you need. These things are not duties. They're necessities. And we don't do ourselves or anyone else any favors when we don't take the time to take care of our body. I also want to talk a little bit about the phrase, fake it till you make it. Did you know that this actually works 
you have to believe or convince yourself that you believe that you are whatever it is you're trying to become already. If you've known someone with anxiety who has gone through cognitive behavioral therapy, this is this example is going to seem familiar. Let's say you're a 15-year-old girl with social anxiety who gets anxious every time she has to order her own meal. And when it's time to place the order, she clams up and she has her mom place the order. And in doing this, what she learns is that her mom will step in and help her, but this doesn't really help her overcome her fear, right? So this is not a good thing when she's 25 years old and can't go to a restaurant or can't make a phone call to make a doctor's appointment or to go to the doctor alone, right? She has to learn how to accept and control this anxiety, get past the anxiety so that she can talk to people on her own. So in in cognitive behavioral therapy, one of the things that therapists might do is ask the girl to become aware of the situations where she avoids that anxiety-provoking situation, and they'll come up with a plan to address it. So the first step is to address the tricks that the brain is playing on the girl. What's the worst thing that will happen? She might be afraid she'll mess up and order and when she's ordering and that the waiter will laugh. And then what's the worst thing that will happen? Well, maybe the waiter is going to laugh, but what's the worst thing that happens if he laughs? Because In her mind, she probably needs to acknowledge that the waiter is there to serve her and that the waiter's opinion of her doesn't really matter. And and I'm really not making light of this situation. This is very, very real and very scary for somebody who has anxiety. And I've actually known several people in this exact situation. They're petrified of placing their own orders. So this is an example that I think is more common than you might believe. But So with that thought in mind, you you go through, well, what's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? Really, what the worst is that could happen is that the waiter might laugh, maybe, right? Or that they'll mess up your order because you weren't clear because you couldn't get all your words out. So with that thought in mind, she might practice placing the order with her parents. And then the next time she goes out, she would place the order on her own without any bailout from a family member. And then after placing that order, she would evaluate in her own mind, how did she do? Most importantly, she would probably realize that nothing bad happened. It might have seemed scary, but did the worst thing even happen? The worst thing she had thought of? Probably not. And then the therapist would instruct her to put herself in that situation again and again. And this repetition would show her that nothing bad will happen if she places her own order. And that even when she messes up, No one reacts and the world goes on. So this is an example. It's one method of training your brain to realize that when you're feeling like something is bad or you're feeling stressed out, that you're not in danger, even when you seem scared and out of sorts. You can take the similar approach to have the confidence to go after anything you want. The first set is to set, the first step is to set a positive expectation for what you want what will take place, and how the situation will play out. You might even use some visualization before bed or when you first wake up. See yourself being successful in that situation. This is even something that I have my runners do. When you go to bed, practice. See yourself getting off that start line quickly. See yourself running with the lead pack. 
see yourself surging up the hill, surging past somebody else in your age group, see yourself finishing and crossing this finish line really, really strong and confident and proud of yourself. When you replay these things in your brain again and again and again, your brain starts to believe this is possible. Going back to that initial discussion we had at the beginning of this podcast, your brain believes these things are possible because you're seeing yourself be successful. Even if it's only in your own mind, it's another tool to use to help get to where you want to go, to get past those stumbling blocks. So I'm not telling you to be something you're not or to lie, but I am telling you to believe in yourself, your product, your idea, whatever it is you have to offer. Because a lot of times you really do have to fake it till you make it. And I know that there's a lot of speakers out there who really don't like that phrase because we don't really want to fake it. Because if you're telling yourself to fake it, then subconsciously, you know, you're faking it too. But you do need to get to a point where you're practicing and repeating the successful behavior. So even if it's only in your own mind for a period of time, that is helping you to be successful. And then one more example of this fake it till you make it thought mindset. There is an example that you've probably heard of. There's a Harvard Business School researcher, teacher. Her name is Amy Cuddy, and she studies something called the power pose. And a power pose is like what we think when we think of Wonder Woman standing with her feet spread wide and her arms, her fists on her hips, that strong woman pose. And Amy Cuddy says, what we do with our body shapes what we do with our mind. And she believes, she has a whole book out on this topic. The research shows that just by making that pose before we go into a situation where we might be intimidated, like a job interview or a meeting, or let's say we're going to ask for a raise, if we take just a few seconds, five, 10 seconds to pause in that power pose, it does something to our brain that helps us feel more confident and act with the confidence and intention that we have set for that meeting. Posture makes us more assertive and this open posture takes up more space than a closed posture. A closed posture is like when you would sit with your legs crossed and maybe your arms in trying to take up less space. This open posture takes up more space. And Ann Cuddy's research shows that the power pose increases testosterone and decreases cortisol, which is your stress hormone. So it makes us just feel good about ourselves and more strong and more powerful. And so when you think about fake it till you make it, maybe that's something you could try just putting your body in that pose that says, I'm powerful. Maybe you don't believe it today, but maybe after a couple of days or weeks or months of trying this, you start to see some positive changes. It's worth a try, right? I mean, it takes a few seconds and it's not going to hurt anybody. It's worth trying to see if you can get some positive benefits out of your life. For sure, there is power in acting the part that you want to become. I, I'm always talking about the words we tell ourselves matter. This goes also with the way you hold your body matters. Begin to tell yourself those positive things. Don't 
fill your brain with those negative thoughts that things that are so horrible and cruel that you would never say to a friend, don't, don't talk to yourself like you're a horrible person or you're your enemy. Start reframing your, your thoughts and being kind to yourself. I want you to be so successful and get everything that you've ever dreamed for dreamed of. So start paying attention to how successful people, people in the position that you want to be, how they act, how they think, how they behave. And I'm not talking about buying fancy cars and big houses and flashy jewelry. I'm talking about the real things that matter in life. How do they treat other people? How do they think? What are their habits that help them to be successful? I want to close out by giving you a little mini assignment, which I will also put in the show notes. I want you to grab a piece of paper, write down your goals. Now circle your number one goal, the one thing that you want to focus on. And then think about what are all the little things that you need to do to ensure success? What daily habits are necessary? Now, of those daily habits, pick one of those things to work on this week. Just one. And what are your feelings about that thing? Dread? Fear? Excitement? What are the reasons you feel that way? Come up with one way this week that you can change your environment to ensure success. Maybe that's the people you spend time with, the places you go, the food you bring into your house, the music you listen to, the podcast you listen to, what is going to fill your brain with the thoughts and give you courage and help you feel strong and help you make the choices that reinforce and support that goal. And then if this is something that would work for you, also come up with one way to raise the stakes for that success, whether that's something that Maybe money motivates you, and so you're going to place a bet with a friend. Or maybe you enroll in a course or get a personal trainer because you know that if you're spending money, you're not going to back down from that responsibility. Or maybe you post on social media so that there's you're trying to hold yourself accountable. Whatever it is, raise the stakes. I hope that this podcast this week has given you something to think about. And... If you have any questions, reach out to me. If you have any thoughts, I'd love to know what you think about this. Remember, you can find me at Power of Run on all social media. And if you go to my website, www.crushingmygoals.com, I do have some free Facebook groups, and I would love to have you jump in and be part of our community. Have a great week. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. I'm Coach Kim Peek of Power of Run, and you can find me at www.crushingmygoals.com or on all social media as at sign Power of Run. If you liked this episode, be sure to give the podcast some love over on iTunes and remember to subscribe. As a new podcast, your reviews and stars and subscribes will help me grow the audience so that I can share my love of health and fitness and bring more experts to the show. Power up your week, and I will catch you next Tuesday.